two humorous nurses would like to acknowledge the true custodians of the land in which we record our podcast, the Yorta Yorta people. We pay our respects to Elders past and present and extend our respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders listening today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Two Humorous Nurses with Kelly and Alicia, the podcast that knows nurses are worth celebrating. Welcome to Two Humorous Nurses, where we plan to bring you funny, informative, conversational chat about all things nursing. Today is International Nurses Day, and we love to celebrate nurses and all that they do. Uh, today, we've got a super special guest, one of our favourite senior nurses that we've ever worked with, Lynn. Lynn is a retired nurse and midwife who's worked in many fields. Uh, she has been nursing since 1974, and both Alicia and I have had the pleasure of working with and learning from her. Welcome to the podcast, Lynn. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've got so many questions, but as Maria and Sound of Music says, let's start at the very beginning. So when did you start nursing and and why did you decide to become a nurse? Well, it actually wasn't my decision. My mother thought I should be leaving home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there was um, an advertisement in the paper that said that they were needing... Um, Mothercraft nurses to follow on from training Mothercraft nurses at Berry Street Babies Home because they were phasing out Mothercraft nurses. My mother wrote the application. Oh, <laughs> she came to the interview and answered most of the questions. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and left me there. How old would you have been? Sixteen. Oh wow! Mm. And what was a mother? Obviously, a Mothercraft nurse wasn't like a fully trained nurse. No, no. Mothercraft nurses looked after babies from birth up to six years old. And we cared for children that have been taken as um, ward of the states. Yep. And we also cared for mums that were about to give birth. These mums lived upstairs. This is about, um, this is in the 70s and Things were totally different, yeah. you know. These mums really had not much to do with us and we could hear them talking to their families on the phone <laughs> saying that they were overseas or they were here or they were there. Oh, so they were like they unwed were, mothers and They things. were hiding their pregnancies oh. and they would go off. Yep. When they were in labour, we would ring the ambulance and we would have the baby back. Gosh. And never ever see the mum again. So the oh yep righto so they would mm. have the babies but not take them no. with them so no. you basically were like adoption yeah unofficial yeah wow and then we also had children that lived with us up to six years old yeah and we had a, a nursery and we would keep them to two years old and then there was a toddler's wing from three through to six oh. That's so amazing. Mm. So how did you then go on to train as a nurse? I um, finished up when they had got through all the processes to farm these poor children out. Yeah. And then I went on to work as a nursing assistant for the um, Institute of the Blind. Ah. And worked there for oh, probably a year. <laughs> And then went on to do nursing aid, yeah, which was um, centred in Turak, and we had, I think, six weeks in the basic nursing school, and then we went out to hospitals, mm. 
And so I went out to work at Caulfield, which was um, an old army establishment. And I worked in Melbourne as a nursing aide for several years and then eventually moved to the country and worked as a um, enrolled nurse at the Golden Valley Health. From there, I did my general training and worked there for a little while, specialising in children, and then went on to university because I wanted to do further studies. So the training, was that hospital-based back then? Yes, totally hospital-based. Yeah, Mm. and it would have been so different to what the students today get because it would have been, Mm. was it more practical than the theoretical Definitely. Yeah. Um, we'd learnt when we came to the wards after our six weeks basic training, we were um, worked as a team yeah. and there was always a, a registered nurse at the head of the team and as the lowest on the rung, we would do <laughs> the showers and the bed making. Yeah. And then sort of the next rung was... Um, Doing basic treatments like dressings, etc. Yeah. And then the third on the rung was doing the drugs. Yeah. And you might be in second year by then. And often on night shift, you would be in charge of a whole ward. Yeah. And what did the wards look like compared to today where you've got individual rooms or, you know, rooms of two or four patients? Well, at the Golden Valley base, they had um, rooms of four or six patients. Yeah. But prior to that, when I was working in Melbourne, they were the old Florence Nightingale, 25 yeah. aside. Yeah. <laughs> no privacy. No privacy. <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm. And was the, I mean, I remember my grandma uh, was a nurse as well, and she was telling, she would tell me all these horrible stories about the matrons. <laughs> And the, firstly, your uniform had to be spotless mm. and, you know, if so far below your knee. And mm. and then she would go around with a ruler. This is her story to me, to measure in one of those Florence oh, Nightingale wards, to measure that everyone's bed sheets were equal length off the side of the bed. That is <laughs> and absolutely true. it was all true. about the visual of the ward, yep. not the patient necessarily. Like now we're so patient-centred, care, and if a patient didn't want their bed changed, well, you just wouldn't make their bed or change mm. their bed. Like, you know, that's what they want. But back then it was like, I mean, even when I started nursing, it was like you change the sheets every shift and mm. hospital corners and like. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I remember her saying to me that it was that, that was priority over whether that patient was comfortable or, you know, like it was, it's so different to think about. Well, priorities. The, the patients were regimented too yeah. because they had come through <laughs> yeah. a regimented lifestyle. I suppose, yeah, that's right. And whatever you say would be right. Yeah, I guess so, that's yeah. right. So yeah. they would hop out of bed, have yeah. a shower, etc. And yeah. we were the cleaners um, and yeah. the caregivers. We all in the really um, back in Caulfield, you know, the beds had to be so far apart The bed lockers were exactly in the same position. The bed tables were exactly in the same position. The bed wheels all painted were north. Yeah. The the quilts were, they all had these little pineapple-y things on them. Yeah. They all had to face the same way. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> Everything was extreme. Yeah. And oh, that's so funny. I remember the drawer sheets, uh, they had to be nine inches from the head of the bed yeah. to the start. Oh, my God. And if things were wrong, somebody would come along and rip the whole bed apart. It's like being in the army. It was very army and orientated. Oh. And to think that that was their biggest concern, but patients would just die, like, a lot, I imagine, probably mm-hmm. more than they had to. I mean, that's where I guess where medicine has changed over the years. It's interesting you say about the authority, like if you said do, to do something, a patient would just do it. I feel like that luxury now is only afforded for doctors. <laughs> like they'll only do what a doctor tells them to do, mm. not if you tell them to do it. Like, mm. It's so interesting the, how the priorities have changed over the years. What about after coming through a pandemic, obviously we're all really big on PPE because like it's been shoved on our faces now for mm. years. But what was PPE like back then? Gloves? I know you were doing a lot of patient care and a lot of cleaning and... We had no gloves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I never saw <laughs> a glove. biggest fear. Yeah. Yeah. We had red raw hands. Yeah. We washed our hands a hundred times a day. Yeah. Yeah. We had very little infection though too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We used to um, have our patients with any wounds... If they were suitable wounds, we'd yep. go out in the sunshine for five minutes, open to the sun. We used a lot of um, saline. Oh, yeah. Um, and we also used nitro sticks too. Yes. To burn off infection. Yeah. And we also, you know, incised any infective yeah. parts too. So we, we had very little infection mm. and very few antibiotics were used. Yeah. That's really interesting, isn't it, how, again, we've moved away from that debriding of wounds Mm. or, you know, and we don't just use saline. Like even to pack a wound these days, I bet very few nurses are doing saline gauze Mm. packed wounds because you have to do it three or four times a day. Well, we used to pack a wound in the morning and we'd have a drain tube into that um, packing and wet it two or three times a day so it stayed moist. Even when I started in 2000, we would do that. Mm. But that's changed so much too. It's interesting, the infection. Even on surgical wards, did you were, did you ever do surgical? Well, we were. I spent a lot of time on a diabetic ward, okay. um, which had a lot of surgery. Yeah. There were amputations, there were skin yeah. grafts and so forth. And saline was... What we used. Yeah. Mm. If we weren't debriding, we were using Ceylon. And what do you think the biggest changes? I mean, this is probably like a quite a broad question because it's been a long, many years of nursing. But what do you think are the biggest changes or impacts on on a nurse from then to now? Education. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. By far. The... Um, availability of education is fantastic Um, and the sad thing is that there's a lot of repetitive requirement. Yes, the Mm. mandatory yearly hand hygiene. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that really does put pressure on us to do over and over and over again. Yes. Like 
I mean, it's incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. But it's almost lost though because people don't pay as much attention to it because like by, you know, 10 years, you're like, well, I know when to wash my hands. But the process has changed. I mean, five mo- moments of hand hygiene, I assume it's still five moments. So you haven't. <laughs> it has changed a lot from, mm. you know, you were probably doing five moments much better back then because you had no PPE mm. than we do now, but it's there's a format for it and a policy and a procedure. And, and the one thing that we used to have that they do not have now is gowns. We always gowned ah, over our uniforms. Yeah. And we changed those white gowns um, at morning tea, at lunchtime. Yeah. Um, so we had a fresh outfit, really. Yeah. And tell me about the uniforms. What were they like? <laughs> Could you work in them? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but you had to wear a petticoat because they had removable buttons. Yeah. And that they were held together like. Well, they called them shank pins, but they were actually like a hairpin. So if you didn't wear a petticoat, your stockings were torn to pieces. And, yeah, yeah they were. we put our washing in each week or each fortnight and got back all these heavily starched uniforms yeah. <laughs> that hurt. Yeah. And then after the end of one day, they looked like a, yeah. a train wreck. <laughs> you work so hard. <laughs> yeah, and they were just not very nice at all. Yeah. Yeah. And did you have to wear a hat? We had to wear hats all the time and they had to be placed in the right position. (laughs) Our shoes initially had to be Hall's shoes. Yeah. And the stockings were a certain colour. And like your grandmother, we had to kneel on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) You weren't accepted unless you were a certain weight between this or that and a certain height. And did they supply the uniform and shoes and stockings? No. The uniform, yes, yeah, but not the shoes and stockings. And what about the pay? Um, <laughs> I started off on $15 a week. Wow. Yeah, and I, I had the... left a factory job yeah. for 120 Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah, that's but that incredible. did include our accommodation and our yeah. food. Yes, because you would have all lived yeah, in, in the nurses', nurses quarters. Home. My mum is also a nurse and she used to tell me lots of stories about sneaking out of those nurses' quarters and then having someone who stayed back to let you all back in because yes. they would lock the doors and not let you in. So you had to have one person to always stay yes. back to let you back in. Yes. <laughs> we had to be in by 10 and if you wanted a, a midnight pass, uh, you had to apply for it and then you'd be signed in by whoever the, was in charge of the night shift. Yeah. And they were only available once every couple of months. Yeah. And you could you, if you got married, could you work? No. No. Yeah. You were out. Yeah. Yeah. That's There was crazy. a plentiful supply of nurses. Yes. Yeah. Was it one of the better, was it like if you were a girl... Uh, you had two choices, teacher or nurse? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember at high school or boarding school, we had two films. One was about <laughs> um, teaching and that was all very nice. But the one that got me, the nursing one, yeah. there was a nurse asleep on the beach all day <laughs> and she came back to the nurse's quarters for tea and then she waltzed off of work. 
And I thought, that's a job for me. Yeah. <laughs> they sucked you right in. Yeah. <laughs> and you did not, did you do, like, when I met you, you were on night shift mm. all the time. Did you always do night shift? No, no, oh, yeah. no. But we always had to rotate onto nights yeah. as our yeah. um, roster showed us. Yeah. We n- never had any choices in our rosters. Yeah. They just were given and you did. Yeah. And did you was full time? Were they like eight hour shifts, twelve hour shifts? There were a lot of split shifts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you might start at six in the morning and work till midday, yeah, and then come back at four and work till nine, something yeah. like that. Mm. Mm. Sounds terrible. <laughs> well, at least you could have a sleep. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Go and have lunch and a nap. Yep. Um, and some questions that we got from our listeners, one of them was like, <laughs> this makes me laugh because I already know the answer, but were there such things as patient ratios? No. No. <laughs> it was just get the job done. Yeah. yeah. Whoever turned up for work, and everyone used to turn up for work yeah. unless you were very unwell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You just worked. You just did it. And would you ever have questioned a doctor or a senior nurse? Never. Or no? No, never, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my grandma saying to me once, I can't believe the way you talk to your nurse unit manager. I'm like, what, like a normal person? Like, you know, just yeah. she's like, oh, we would never have even had a conversation with no. them. They were off limits. Absolutely. Yeah. We had to stand in the corridor uh, with our hands behind our back if somebody oh. senior was coming towards us. Yeah. That's like... When matron came in for lunch, we would all stand. Oh, my God. Mm. Until she sat down and said grace, and then we could resume. (laughs) Oh, my God. One of the uh, listeners asked about manual handling. Mm -hmm. No lift policies. There were no lift policies, no lifting machines. How did you move people back in the day? We had lots of... uh, Great ways to lift people. Probably one of the best would be shoulder lifts. Yeah. <laughs> when two nurses standing each side of the patient yeah. would lower themselves and place their shoulders under the patient's shoulder blade either side yeah. and then hold hands under the patient's thigh <laughs> and use our legs. And we would lift them from a low chair to a high bed or from a high bed to a low chair. Yeah. The worst lifting was um, top and tailing where someone would have their arms under someone's uh, underarm and the other person would have their arms under their knees and would one, two, three and lift up yeah. because beds didn't move. They no. were high. Yeah. And we had day couches with wheels Yeah, so that you'd have to put them down. That was easy. Yeah, because you can't get them back up. Back. Was oh, a hard thing. Go on. And my first um, job at the Institute of the Blind, they had a normal home bath, and you had, when you came on the afternoon shift, I think you had 10 baths to do. So you placed a wooden chair at the end of the bath with a towel on it. You'd put the patient there, put their legs into the bath, slide them down the back of the bath. And then when they finished, when you'd finished bathing them, you had to lift them up on your own. Oh my god! <laughs> and like, 
We did it, but yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. Luckily, people were a lot, lot smaller then. Yeah. However, it would have been the start of my and many back problems mm. amongst the nurses. Yeah. It's so interesting. I was talking about it when um, when I was talking to the girls that I work with today and I was saying, oh, you know, the no lift question, I hadn't actually thought about asking you that. And, and we were talking about the ways that we were taught, you mm. know, in the last sort of 30, 20 years and the whole um, momentum, pushing mm. up that whole rocking. We had to rock one, mm. two, three and like mm. standing in front of people with your knees against their yes. knees and yes. like the old dance move with your arms under them yes. to like pull them up and the belts and mm. all these things that you just literally would never use today. Like no such thing as a slide sheet. Like you just, mm. yeah, it, it really, <laughs> I don't know how more nurses, well, I suppose you, you nursed hard and fast back then, didn't you? Because you mm-hmm. nursed until you were courted and married and then. You had to leave, whereas if you didn't keep going or yeah. whatever, I guess it was short-term rather than long-term. long-term for a lot of people. With me, though, it was 47 yeah. years <laughs> because it was a long time before I got married Yeah, and the rules had changed. Yeah. 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 So for me it was 47 continuous years. Yeah. That's um deserves a reward or something <laughs> just well I laugh every time I write down on the um you know your nursing registration or oh, which is like due this month yes. like everyone's paid it is um the how many more years do you expect to be in the industry and I think only until the last couple of years I've been writing 30 30 <laughs> 30 and now I'm like maybe I'll write 25 and mm-hmm. I'm like I'll probably still be here in 30 years because I'll change the retirement age and I'll never get out like it's just <laughs> makes me worried it's not the sort of job that you can keep going forever no not not forever bedside like you've done you did forever bedside Mm. you didn't no ever stepped away (laughs) i like i like the people contact yeah and Mm. you were so good at it you had the best assessment abilities and like you really mentored me through urgent care and like really i just (laughs) found you because we i did a lot of nights when i first started Mm. and i think it might be a bit ironic that Alicia and I have a podcast together because you were always telling me to be quiet. <laughs> Stop oh, really? Because <laughs> I just hated the silence on night shift. Oh, What do you think was your greatest achievement as a nurse? It's mm. a big question. It is. Wow. <laughs> Living through it. Um, my greatest achievement. Um, probably education. And being able to experience so many different fields mm. of nursing. Yeah. And I'm I'm grateful for that. Not so much an achievement. I'm grateful because that gave me challenge, interest and satisfaction to be able to move through different fields. Yeah. Nursing doesn't have to be a static no. space. Mm. It rarely is, I think, for most nurses. You sort mm. of you have the opportunity to jump in anywhere at any time. Mm. I think that's the best thing about it. That's probably why you can be in it for 47 years mm. because you can do different things all exactly. the time. Exactly. Tell me, um, I meant to ask you this earlier, but tell me a couple of things that you did back then that would blow nurses' mind in 20. You told me a story when I asked you to come on the podcast about having to boil urine. Yes. Like- <laughs> yes, well, um, that particular boiling of urine was for uh, pregnant women to just see how much protein was in their urine, which yeah. is 
nowadays called eclampsia. Yeah, I had eclampsia in my pregnancy. Mm. Yeah. So we would have um, each each day or twice a day, we would take a sample of urine from the mother and um, add acetone, I think it was, boil it and let it sit in a test tube and the protein would settle to the bottom and we would have the morning urine, the afternoon urine, the next morning, the afternoon, <laughs> and they'd be all lined up <laughs> on these containers. A little collection. <laughs> it was. But you could visually see yeah. how much protein was coming through. Yeah. And that was an indicator as to how serious the whole condition yeah. was becoming. As it was very poor treatment of eclampsia then. Yeah. Many, many mothers died. Yeah. With it, it was atrocious. Well, I mean, it wasn't that much fun when I had it, but there's a lot more drugs, I think, yeah. a lot more awareness around. Um, but I got to just dipstick my urine yes. and look at a little coloured square. Mm. No, I didn't have to boil it up every day. And yeah. <laughs> in this diabetic ward that I worked in, um, all the urine was tested with tablets, etc., oh, so that sugar. you would only gauge um, by colour. Yeah. So the assessment of how much um, glucose was yeah. the patient was carrying was very poor. Yeah, because you, w- you wouldn't have had a pink finger prick no. system like we no. have now for blood glucose. No, and the first blood glucose machines were very cumbersome too. Mm. They were about as long as a pencil case. Yeah. And you had to wait a minute and then you had to wipe the stick and then wait another minute and insert it. So if your technique wasn't perfect, yeah. you would have a... Ne- uh, an erroneous reading. Yeah. So what about um, just basic stuff like OBS, like blood pressures and and th- what thermometers? Did you have always mercury? <laughs> always the shakedown thermometers. Yeah. And so you would always have RSI. Yes. Always. And then you drop one, and you oh, have yeah, to collect those one. beads of mercury. And also the, the the you know the sterilization of the bed unit. Like you'd have to be very careful with those mercury things. If you put them in too much hot water, they would all be break. Mm. So you had to be very careful. Yeah. And did you do OBS regularly? Or was that a thing that you checked blood pressure, yes. temperature, and all that? Yes, very yep. regularly, four times a day. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and it would have just been the old. Mercury um, mm-hmm. blood pressure gauges as well. Yes, None of these yep. push a button and no, no, all up and down. Yeah, mm. and I remember carrying one from one end of the ward to the other. It was one of the modern ones where they flipped up like a yeah. pencil case, carrying it here, <laughs> and it flipped down on my nipple. Oh. <laughs> I nearly sunk to the floor. <laughs> mm. I love how you say the modern one, but it was still. <laughs> Like real old school. Mm. <laughs> and is there anything else, like what about medication-wise and things like that? Did you, you know, did you do a lot of IV? Like, no. No. Yeah. Um, the patient had to be very unwell before IVs were used. Yeah. Um, blood, well, in, later in, in the 80s, blood was used a fair bit. Yeah. But we had these crazy um, filters yeah. that we actually had to um, prime the line 
and then somehow get the air out at this this top filter. Yeah. And if you went too far by your pumping of it, it would just overflow and you'd lose your blood. <laughs> and it looked like everybody was killed at the bedside. We did an episode on um, transfusions and, yeah. and how it was modernised to the point that it was used quite routinely and some mm. of the... Um, devices that they used to collect the blood specimens mm. but also to give it, it was like archaic mm. looking and it was literally in the 70s. Like I suppose for me the 70s doesn't seem like that long ago but anyone born 2000 or more, it's like a lifetime mm. ago. But I was born in the 70s so it doesn't feel that far away for me. Yeah, But it was really the blood stuff was quite interesting because that would have been around the time of the AIDS um, yes. epidemic as well, and so it would have been quite scary, I guess, or were people not even really aware of it? Oh, no, I think people were very, very aware of AIDS. Yeah. Yes, very aware. Um, going back a step, my mother was a nurse and uh, they had very limited um, blood transfusion. Mm. Um, if somebody was transfused, they would have to be on death's door yeah, and transfused from a high bed to a low bed, yeah. a direct transfusion. Ah. And so if the patient died, well, that so be it. If they lived, a miracle. Yeah. Most of their transfusions were actually done from, mum used to say that they went to the local abattoir yeah. and they collected uh, fresh livers yep. and they moolied them oh down. Oh, my God. <laughs> into a, a mixture, yeah, and then they added a little bit of water to make them more um, fluid, and put a nasogastric down, ah, and gave them the yeah. iron, yeah, and for midwifery patients mm. that worked very well, yeah, yeah, that's intense. I think mm. we, I give a lot of iron infusions in my. Maybe I ought to start feeding them liver. <laughs> yes, it works. That's um yeah because I mean in back in the in the early days of transfusion they used things you know like pig's blood and mm. they even used milk for some like it was like the whole theory behind volume replacement mm. but working out what was right and what wasn't right mm. and so many people died but also they were going to die anyway I think exactly. was their their school of thought so um do you, how did you know that your it was your time to retire. Like how did you know you wanted to step away? And I really felt that I couldn't problem solve as quick. Yeah. That was probably the biggest thing. I thought I could make some big mistake. Let me get out while I haven't killed anyone. Yeah. Or haven't been to court. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to court? At all? Like in yes. a coroner's situation? Yeah. Um, well, not in a coroner's situation. I did have to put in a coroner's report yeah. once. Um, the only other time was a work cover for a, a colleague where mm. it went all the way to mm. Supreme Court. Oh, my God. Mm. That's intense. Mm. Um, was it a relief retirement, do you think, or were you very sad? Like how did you feel? I feel like I wouldn't be able – I mean, I'm – I'm not ready to retire yet, but I feel like there would be a huge empty space to go from being a night shifter, <laughs> like you do a lot of nights, and then to not to not have that to go back to. Like it would be, you know, you're a leader and you're a, you work hard and you were in emergency situations and you're in control of 
big, like you say, big decision makings and then to step away and just go back to life without that level of... Yes. Um, I didn't really miss that being a leader and stepping away because I felt that I wasn't up to it. Okay. Um, yeah. And now I'm a volunteer. Yeah. I go into the local aged yeah. care uh, with my dog and I have the opportunity to talk to people. Yeah. The clients, the residents. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think, mm, you know, something more could be done for this person, but I'm not privy to what their situation is yeah. and I'm not about to step into yeah. that nursing role again. Yeah. So you just you can't turn you can take you can take you out of the nurse but you can't take nurse out of you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you stay in your own lane. Yeah. Otherwise there could be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So in but then so many people like neighbors etc. Yeah. <laughs> you know somebody has stitches that have broken yeah. or stitches that need taken out or yeah. they're having a bleed of something. Yeah. Um they come and see you. So yeah. you, I suppose you still are to a degree. Quite. Well, as but you know we are the most one of the most trusted professions, aren't yes. we? I guess that doesn't end. No. Do you have any advice for the nurses of today, like any word, wise wisdom that you might impart on them when they, even the, you know, the poor, I think about the students that are coming out into their grad years next year who would have done their whole training through COVID, a pandemic, um, and might be coming out into a workforce that's quite tired and about to fight for a new EBA, like, mm. you know, in a very poor government. So, yes. <laughs> uh, I would say keep on trying. Like yeah. it, 47 years, I would say it was the greatest career. Yeah. Although many times I thought it was the worst career. Yeah. <laughs> but in fact, it's the people that you meet. And if you like um, being useful, if you like helping, uh, be kind, keep learning, and be respectful. That would yeah. be my advice to all nurses. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much it's for joining right. us today. It's been Thank a lovely you. chat. It has. Yeah. <laughs> As you might have noticed, Alicia wasn't with me um, today when I recorded that episode with Lynn. Um, unfortunately, she was unavailable um, and that was a great chat with a nurse of 47 years experience and I hope you got some insight as to what it was like to nurse back then and and how much nursing has changed through the years and of course we want to celebrate all the nurses out there for International Nurses Day. We fully understand how much hard work that we all do and how much education and time and life (laughs) we put into nursing which we all love so much. Um, I really want to take this opportunity to thank everybody um, for the role that they play. We honestly understand the pressures and we love that you all love to come and have a laugh with us because at the end of the day, if you don't laugh, you cry and we want everybody to laugh. So head to our um, our Instagram page at Two Humorous Nurses to enter our giveaway that we're doing with E-Nurse Australia 
for a scrub set of your choice. We love their scrubs. Alicia is obsessed with their Koi brand. Um, and we are running that until Sunday the 14th, which is also Mother's Day. So <laughs> if you're a mum and a nurse, uh, definitely go and enter. All you need to do is just give write a comment. It doesn't even need to be anything fancy. Just tell us why you love nursing or what that means to you. And um, you go on the draw to win. That's it. No tagging, no doing anything. Um, so we're going to draw that on Sunday the 14th. Um, and big thanks to eNurse for that. eNurse, love our nurses. Please go and leave a five-star review wherever you listen. If we brought you some joy over the last two years or two and a half years, you can also send us your stories. We'd love to hear more um, about your stories, especially if you've got some funny nursing ones. Um, you can email us at hello at twohumorousnurses.com. That's humorous like the bone, H-U-M-E-R-U-S. And it's just me saying bye today, so everyone has to say it with me in their cars or wherever they're listening. Bye.